Our second lesson comes from the gospel according to Matthew. We find this passage in Matthew 25. Jesus has been sharing parables with his disciples as he enters into the last week of his life. And after many sayings and teachings and parables, this is one of the last that he leaves his disciples with before we hear of the betrayal that is coming. It's almost as if Jesus is running low on time and says, this is what I want to leave you with. So listen for a word from God from Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our shepherd and our king. We pray this all in your name. Amen. When approaching one of Jesus' parables, we come bringing all sorts of interpretations of our own backgrounds, of our own experiences. And so we experience the story differently, and we have different parts or things that we may be attracted to, different parts we may be appalled by, different parts we are inspired by. Sometimes we try to form a parable into something that it may not have been intended to be. For instance, one of the very human responses to this apocalyptic parable 
It's to start figuring out, okay, who are the sheep and who are the goats? Who are the people who are in? Who are the people who are out? We're dividing ourselves off, sectioning ourselves off, trying to form different tribes and make sure we're in the right one. But that's not what Jesus is trying to communicate to us in this parable. Or we can look at this parable and it can define our entire theology of what it looks like in the afterlife. Look at this is what it means to be saved. If you want the fancy, pretentious theological word that is soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. So if you want to be that guy at the dinner party, you can throw soteriology at the next one you're at. But I don't think the parable is just getting at a soteriology of what it means to be saved either. With all pieces of scripture, when we come to them, I like to start with what does this tell me about God and God's character? And then what does that tell me in relation to God, to myself? And then what does that mean for me in the world, for us in the world, for the community in the world? What is this parable, what does this piece of scripture tell us about God? Well, Jesus tells us in this parable, what he tells us is that God is surprising. That there are moments of grace that we bring into the world that we might not even be aware of. There are times when there are salvific acts that are so second nature to us, we don't even realize we're doing them. We learn that the Lord God welcomes us into God's family. That when we are broken and we feel distant from others, we have God who is there welcoming, inviting in to the family of heaven. And we know that when there are people in our lives that we love, whether family members or friends, who are in pain and feel beat down and so isolate themselves from us and from others, that even they, in their separation, are still welcomed into the family of God. And even those that we do not know, that we see who are broken and on the outside, those are members of God's family. And this is profound because God loves with a special ferocity, a steadfastness that does not give up. To be a member of God's family means something. And so this is our starting point in our passage, that there is no one's brokenness that can place them outside of the family of God. There's no one whose life has gone so awry that God does not consider them brothers or sisters or siblings or children. No, in fact, it is these who have been left behind in the world that God has a special place for, that God's grace works in different and unique ways. So if this is our starting point, our understanding of God, it means that caring for the abused and the broken, the misunderstood, the left behind, the oppressed, the misjudged, should be on the forefront of our minds as followers of Christ. We should not be a people who just put blinders on to the world, but actively look to see the face of the other to hear their stories, to build relationships, to grow together. This is of the utmost importance of our life, what it means to have the fruits of the kingdom of God. Church, what we do every day 
matters. How we love others and how we do not love others have consequences in the world. Every day we are given opportunities to love in profound, unselfish ways. Every day we are given opportunities to turn and see the other. Every day we are given opportunities to love in ways that become eternal, that last beyond ourselves. The question is, are we willing to see the person who's in need, who's in front of us? Reminds me of a story of a 14-year-old Jack Geiger. He lived in New York, and he was 14 years old in 1940, and he came from a strict middle-class Jewish background, and he was constantly fighting with his parents. There were blow-ups every day. The tension in the household was palpable. And the one place he could go to kind of alleviate that teenage angst was the theater. And so he would go see a show called Native Son, where an actor named Canada Lee was starring. And he'd go over and over and over and find rest for his soul. Well, a few times he got the fortunate chance to go talk to Canada Lee, the star in the back, and they would have conversations and he would take time to talk to this little 14-year-old boy. Well, one day there was a terrible blow-up with his parents, so bad that Jack just left and began wandering the streets of New York at night. And as he wandered around in the evening, he found his way into Harlem and then eventually to Canada Lee's apartment. He knocked on the door and he explained to him that he could not be with his family anymore and he just needed a place to stay for the night now remember canada lee is a black actor former boxer and jack is a 14 year old boy from a middle class jewish background in the 1940s well canada looked at him and he offered him a couch he called his parents and canada told his parents that he could return him in the morning or if his parents would like, he would keep Jack for the next year because he could sense that another blow-up was coming and he didn't know where Jack would go if that happened. And so Jack's parents agreed, and Jack got to live with Lee in his apartment, and it, through that he got to experience all of the leaders of the Harlem Renaissance, of Langston Hughes and Richard Wrights, of Billy Strayhorn, he got to grow in this new environment, but Canada Lee's love didn't stop there. He invited Jack's parents to come to his apartment for a house party. Jack's parents, who had never ventured that far north in New York, had never been to Harlem. So they came and they developed this relationship together. This experience formed Jack, and Jack would later become a physician because he said he had been cared for so profoundly, he had to have a profession where he could care for others. He had been loved, and so he wanted to love. And he was actively involved in the civil rights movements. Canada Lee, when he saw this 14-year-old boy on his household steps, could have sent him just back to his parents, and that would have been perfectly acceptable and right. But clearly, he felt a tug on his heart to love in a different way, to welcome in this stranger, to build 
this relationship. And what he did was something of eternal value. His love continued long after he passed away. Lee understood something deep inside him that we are all the family of God, and God calls us to love and to care for one another. Now, not all of us are going to have a young boy knock at our door and ask to live with us, but all of us are confronted with choices. Are we going to feed the hungry? Are we going to clothe the cold and the naked? For those who thirst for something more in their life, are we willing to point them to the living water that is Jesus Christ? Will we visit the sick and the lonely, those who feel abandoned? Will we welcome the stranger and the alien and the immigrants, the lost and the lonely, even if it threatens something of ours? Will we visit those men and women who are in jail? Will we remind them of the dignity that they have in being a beloved child of God? Now, these are big asks, and the good news is that not each one of you are called to cure the housing crisis or to fix our justice system or to solve world hunger. But God has called each and every one of you to go into the world and to care for the vulnerable, to care for those who need something, who need someone to remind them that they are a brother, a sister, a child of the Lord God Most High, to serve and to give something of ourselves to the world. Because the terrible truth, church, is that if we are to look at this passage, we're all goats at some point in our life. We all have those moments when we've felt the tug to help someone, and we've turned the other way because we're too busy, we feel ill-equipped, we just feel like the interaction would be awkward and uncomfortable, and we don't want to do that. We've all committed these sins of omission, But the good news, church, is that Jesus Christ has redeemed us. Jesus Christ's grace has called us sheep, has placed us at the right hand of God, has welcomed us into the family of God, so that when we make those mistakes, we are called to go out and try again, because God's grace abounds. Jesus Christ picks us up and sends us back into the world to serve and to try again. Church, this call to serve the vulnerable and to see and assist the oppressed, this is important. It matters. It is close to God's heart, and we see it in story after story in Scripture of God's love for the outcast, for the oppressed, and it's made abundantly clear in our Scripture. So open your eyes to the pain around you, And don't turn away, for those are God's beloved children. And God has called you to see, to love, and to grow in relationship with them. Because this is what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus Christ saw us in our brokenness, saw us caught in the oppression of sin, saw us struggling under the yoke of shame and guilt, And he gave us living water. Jesus visited us when we were lonely. He clothed us in righteousness. And so now he sends us out into the world 
to give what we have so abundantly received. May we do so. And thanks be to God. Amen.